our Heavenly Father and our God. That's the only reason why we are here. We are not here to seek a man or woman. To hear from the flesh of any type. But from you. The one who says and it comes to pass. The Alpha and Omega. Your word is a light, is a lamp, because you are light. And whoever does not follow it rigidly will perish. Whoever succumbs, mighty God who is in heaven, to the craftiness and deception and lies of men and tradition of men, whereby men are worshipped as if they are God. So I never see you. That's why even last week we did mention that your word is sharper than two-edged sword. It kills both ways. It serves. It also kills. And anyone who preaches or wants to preach or teach your word must be your word. For you cannot be different from the word and to speak it. A teacher cannot teach what he does not know. We are here, Lord, proclaim we don't know anything. Asking you like a baby so hungry. Come and feed us with your truth, with your words. Come and reach your children, Lord. As long as this ministry, the fellowship of it, continues to exist, Father, we pray that only your voice will be heard. The voice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For he is the word that was with the Father. And still with the Father. So we bow before you and say, come and take absolute and total control. Grant us receptive hearts, my God, my Father. Let us not just be people who just come to hear. And the thing sounds like a sweet music. But the doers, the correct doers, for we don't know what the next second brings. We don't know, Lord. It's time for us to be ready. So, Father, we surrender. And behold, your children here. Behold those online from many different nations, Lord. Father, reach out to them and speak to them and minister unto them. That it may be well with them, mighty God, who is in heaven and with their souls. Receive all the glory forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How is everyone? Good? I like that. that we're all good. Because God is good. We're going to go straight. I just want to welcome everyone who is here, as well as people online. I thank God for the interest he has kindled all over the world. As a matter of fact, it's becoming more and more evident and so clear that actually the message that he sends or the teaching is actually reaching more people in other places than what we have here. Or even in Houston. You go to places that said, even in India and Kenya, they say, are people in Houston hearing this? Well, it should not be surprised because that's exactly what happened also during the time of Jesus Christ. You see, at a certain point he said, 
unto you, the children of God, those who you call yourself the children of God, you know, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to those who will produce fruit. Because that's all that God is all about. God does not give so that it can be stagnant and stay there. So we thank God for that, no matter whatever the number we have here and what's going on. We thank God that he's reaching out to his own people. Because he has his own, has his own remnant. He will move to those who seek him and who love him. Amen? So I just thank God for that. We have a question. Let's, let's, let's get on with it and see how far. Is discontentment sinful? Why are you asking that when looking at me? As if I... As <laughs> it's, you know, we're, we're, look, there are so many questions. We just, whichever one the Lord says we should answer. Maybe that's what he's dealing with this year. Because people are perishing all over the world. Forget about I'm just telling you right now. Go to the missions when we go and see how people are so deceived. And sheepishly, they will follow that which is unwholesome. That which is compromised, diluted, and adulterated. They will follow it sheepishly and sing along and dance. You know, last week I was talking about how we, how we have mastered uh, praise. You know, there's a different, we have a different one which is praise. And then we dance and dance and dance. In fact, we so we sweated out so much that the time when the message comes, everybody's dead. And then we think and believe that clapping by clapping and dancing, that will get us into the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. That is something that makes people to, you know, it's exactly the same thing that happens to an alcoholic. Every Sunday, oh, let's go there. We, ah, it's a wonderful band. Let's do this. And the man has preached final. What did you preach final when nobody has turned from his wicked ways unto God? That's all that God has called anybody who is a servant of his to do. Go and make sure my people do not perish. Get them to what? Turn away from their wicked ways and return back to that old path. That old path of righteousness and holiness. That's why it's called a highway of righteousness and holiness. Is this Discontentment, right? Is that what I said? Is discontentment sinful? Yes or no? Yes. That's what I expected everybody to say. Yes. Yes. And that's why I always think that you're all wrong. But whatever it is, let's... <laughs> is discontentment sinful? That's the question they ask. Okay? You see, I, I even, even start to Look, when... When I was when I was in law practice, okay, after many years, there's a question that comes. If you blow yourself and say yes or no, you're gonna start having problem. You need more. If I have to ask this person, I would just say, well, I need more clarification. What are you asking? But I know what the person is asking. Okay, I understand what the person is asking. So let us let us take this step. What is contentment? I mean, let's, let's make sure we define these things. In fact, we may not even get to what the person is looking for today. We may not. Contentment is what? Okay, it's satisfaction. It's absent of what? Care. 
When somebody is free from care, yes, when you are free from inside you, you are at peace, you are thankful, you are free from what? Care. Because of, because of the satisfaction you have for what you have. That is contentment. Being, being thankful for what you have and going from there. But discontentment is the opposite. Okay? Now, what makes discontentment the opposite? That is lack of, you're not satisfied. But beyond that, discontentment is a restless. That's where, that's where the key problem is a restless desire or craving to get what? That which you want to get. Not what you have. In fact, you will never be satisfied with what you have. That's what is discontentment going to it. But the reason why I told you that you may, be, you may be wrong, not that you are wrong completely, you are partially right and partially wrong because you need to define it a little more. The, this question came and my answer was your answer. Discontentment is sinful. But then I was told, stop. There are the two different type of types of discontentment. You know that? What? God bless you. One is spiritual and one is physical or fleshly or worldly. Let's put it that way. Okay? So, fleshly discontentment or worldly discontentment is sinful. And we're going to come to it. That's why I don't even know if we're going to get to that point. But there's some revelation of the mysteries of the kingdom of God we deal with. With discontentment and contentment spiritually. That's more important to me in this place than anything else we're talking about right now. Spiritual discontentment. You know, when somebody is never satisfied, if you don't have it, go back. The spirit of God is not with you. Okay? When you are never satisfied, ever hungry, unquenchable hunger and thirst to actually what? To know God more. In fact, let's put it this way. There's a song, and I believe Sister B.C. is always singing that. He loves that song. The more that I know you, the more I want to what? You see, the more, the more that I know you, the more you show me, the more that I want to even know you the more. Whenever you get to a point where you said, you know, I have attained. I've gotten there. You got a problem. Do you, do you know that the son of the living God, Jesus Christ, never told anybody on this earth that he had, she had, he had gotten there? You know that? How? How? No, look at that's one time when he, when he rose from the dead. Mary Magdalene saw her, right? He saw him, right? And then he went to what? To touch him. He said, told, 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 told her what? Don't. Because I have not even ascended to my father yet. I have not gotten to that glorification yet. There's still that hunger to do the will of the father going, going through. That's why Paul said, read me Philippians, please, 3, 12 to 14. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Yes. If I... Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Yes. 
Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, mm-hmm. but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also Let's laid stop hold. right there. I have not perfected. I have reached you. But I press on. To what? To what? To lay hold. To lay hold. I'm pressing every single second. I'm pressing on. To lay hold. That's what he's saying. Whenever that stops in you, then you believe you have arrived. You see, content, spiritual contentment is that self-assurance. Let me put it this way. It's that self-assurance you have that your, your relationship with God is where it's supposed to be. When you do that, it's over. You see, when you do that, it's over. Because the hunger must continue to be there. Because of the Spirit of God, if it's in you, that hunger will never stop. But keep reading, please. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Mm-hmm. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press Toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. But what I do is what? I press to do what? Now, but how do you pray? He said, what I do is this, forgetting. Forgetting. Those things those which, things are, which behind. are behind. What are those things which are behind? Accomplishment and failures. Okay, let's, let's put this one. Accomplishment and failure because at that point they get you nowhere. You better keep striving. I mean, are we all together? You better keep striving to the end. Otherwise, you know, the Bible told us very clearly. We have read it many times. We don't even need to worry about it. Where it told us if the righteous person trusts on his own righteousness and commits sin and dies in that sin. No, before, before that happens, he said he will die. That means he will die. And all his righteousness, none of them should ever be remembered. That's God. I want everybody to understand that. A race is a race to the end. And until you get out there, that's why the Bible warned us, you better work out your own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. So the same reason why the, what the Lord was warning us, if you want to serve me, read me Psalm 211, please. Psalm 211. Yes. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Always serve him with fear and rejoice with trembling. Can you tell me why you have to serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling? I know there's another part. <laughs> okay, okay, we get it back. I'll, I'll, I'll come back. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling when you, when you try to rejoice. Rejoice with trembling and serve him with, with fear. Okay? The reason being this, that's something that there's a mystery we're going we're gonna to look into right now. The reason being this, the words of the Lord are what? Not our words. Are the words of our Lord searchable? No. Everybody says no. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he said, yes, yeah. Did I use you? It's a, it's a, I'm coming. Do the words of the Lord, are the words of the Lord unsearchable? You are coming now. But are they unsearchable? The Bible says they are. Where is it? You show me in the Bible where it says they are. Now let's stop right there. Let's stop. I'm going to go, go back to it right now. The, the Bible tells us that the ways of the Lord are higher than my ways. Otherwise, the Lord will not say that we're supposed to know his ways. Are we, are we all together? But there's something that is unsearchable. His understanding. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me Isaiah 40, please. 28 to 30. Isaiah 40, 28 to 30. Yes. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Mm -hmm. His understanding is unsearchable. Now, let's, before we go further, because I need to read all that. His understanding is what? Unsearchable. But there's something which he said in the beginning. He said, the Lord God, this God, he's never, what? Tired or weary. So if anyone actually is in him, and he gets tired and weary, pursuing him, the Spirit of God is gone. You see, keep reading where he says, when the Spirit of God is in you, you will walk, you will not be tired, whatever it is. Keep finishing to 30. Okay, Isaiah 40, 29 to 30. He gives power to the faint, mm -hmm. to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Why would somebody stop right there? We just because, because this teaching. Why would somebody run? We're going to get to it without fainting. Because he's about to deceive. God sustenance. I, you are all correct, but get there. Mm -mm. This is not by might or by power. If actually now, remember he said in Romans 8, 14, as many as are laid by his spirit, those are his children. If the spirit of God is leading you, just like he told Nicodemus, it's like a wind. You will not know what is going on. So there's no way for you to really be weary and tired of seeking God and his righteousness. When that happens, the spirit of God is not there. Because now another spirit is what? Discouraging you. Are we together? Are we? Go on, yes. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, mm -hmm. and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord <laughs> shall renew their strength. They shall always renew their strength. But if, if, you, if you take a look at that, you see exactly what he's saying to them. When I ask you whether his ways are what? Searchable. You said yes. That's, read me please, Isaiah 55. Eight and, eight and nine. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Yes. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, mm -hmm. nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, if his ways are higher than our ways, then how do you, how do you begin to reach his ways. Now let's pause. 
Let's pause. I just because that's why I say it's deeper. We may not get to fleshly. Well, we deal with it. God knows. It's deeper. Now, this God told us one thing. That's why I asked you that question. Because all along, even the question came to me. Are my ways unsearchable? I said, yes. Nobody can search away. And I remember very vividly. There was one time we were here and somebody said, how can somebody arrogate himself with, uh, that he has a knowledge of the, what's the ways of God? Okay? I said, the ways of God is what he had told us. Then he said, how can you then say that one supposed to know the will of God, a human being? A human being should know the will of God because what God, God's will is what he had expressed to us. That's the will of a man. What is the will? It's what is written. That's his will. Do what I ask you to do. That's why Jesus Christ said he didn't mince word when he said, it's not those who say, Lord, Lord shall enter. But those who do my will. So how am I going to do the will if I don't know the will? Because I told me what his will is. You see? So, but he told us in that uh, Isaiah 55, what? 8 and 6. Right? That his ways are higher. So, this God, I have never seen such a merciful God. He has never left us. He has never left us empty without knowing exactly what he's talking about. So that's why I said, what does one do to reach out to that higher way? Obey his word. Forsake our evil ways. So we can send you for our way. God bless you, Pastor Charles. Because why do you think? Is this God? everything? Ask God when you're reading this Bible. That's why I tell the pastors everywhere in the whole world, you can read the Bible until the kingdom comes. You're wasting your time except the Holy Spirit that inspired this word of God will open it unto you. Look at this God. We, we read what? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, right? But look at 6 and 7. Isaiah 55, 6 to 7. Yes. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Uh -huh. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. That's it. You want to seek my way. You want to approach. You see, everything God has taught in this place, all, everything comes back to the same thing. That's why when somebody sits here listening to it all the time, we think that maybe this is like... It's being redundant. It's not. He goes many different ways to tell us the same thing. I'm God, I do not change. My word and I are one. There's no way my word is going to change. He will not change for America's Rumba. He's not going to change for America. Neither is going to change for any human being. So anyone who wants to come and play game with the word of God must die by the word of God. That's why I said you either leave the word of God as a preacher or die by it. It has to be. Because he, the word of God is not going to. He said, I'm not a respecter of any man. So he tells us, my ways are higher. Way, way higher. But before then, he told us, this is the way. Forsake your own way. Go on. Read and the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Mm -hmm. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Let him return to the way and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Can you see now why the fear of God to depart from evil, forsake evil, and cease from evil is the foundation of all foundations? 
is the foundation of eternal life. As long as there is that seal iniquity in you, the foundation of God is not in you. You are building on what? A faulty foundation. And that's what is killing churches everywhere. Because we have left the foundation of God. You cannot build in the air. A structure must be on a foundation. The foundation of God from the beginning is that if you want to come to me, I am light. I do not have fellowship with darkness. Therefore, rid yourself of filthy garment that you have. Then if you come, we can all walk together. That is why I asked you the question, remember, and we have answered it now. He said, how do you reach out to the higher ways, to know his ways? Okay? Do you see why Jesus Christ said, I am what? But how is the even being the way, he went further. He sacrificed so much. He said, look, if you want to know this God's way, do what? God bless you. Do what? Go to Matthew 11, please. You are, you, are, you are close there, but I'm trying to. Go to Matthew 11, tw from 25 to 30. Matthew eleven twenty-five 25 to 30. Yes. At that time, Jesus answered and said, mm -hmm. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, mm -hmm. and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Well, hold on. The one whom he wills to what? Reveal him. Which means that God does not reveal himself to everybody. Are we all together about that? The reason being that, then, then why does he reveal himself to you? If you know, if you know what? If you know, you will. You see, why are people still out there deceived about this grace? Grace, 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 salvation. God reveals Himself to you so that you may do something with what He has given to you. Because if you don't, if you don't, that means that, you see, listen, He gives you a revelation. This is me. So that you can do what? You can bear fruit. You bear fruit according to John 15, 1-2. Then he prunes you the more and gives you more revelation. That's why until you get to that point, then you can bear more and more. That's why Jesus Christ said, if actually you want, I will give you this revelation. But even if I thought this revelation, this is the way to come to the high place. The same thing we discussed. Go on, come. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, mm -hmm. and I will give you rest. <laughs> Go on. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is this yoke and, and burden? Since we think that uh, his, his way is burdensome. What is yoke and burden? No, give it, give it to me in a plain, simple English. That's what he says. It's not telling you anything about that. He says in my ways, take my yoke. The same thing, repent. 
If you look at it, come to me, repent. Because if you say God, the same thing he said is what the father said in Isaiah. Right? Read me Isaiah 1, 16 to 18. Isaiah 1, 16 to 18. Yes. Wash yourselves. Mm -hmm. Make yourselves clean. First, yes. Put away the evil of your doings <laughs> from before my eyes. Yes. Cease to do evil. Cease to do evil. Go on. Learn to do good. Yes. Seek justice. Mm -hmm. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now. Then after that, come. The same thing Christ said, come to me. All you who labor, come and learn the way to do it. You follow the way. The father told us the same thing. Look, go and wash yourself. Go and repent. Change and turn away. And have that foundation with me. Then come. That I may guide you and show you the way for you to get there. We pause. All right? In Hebrew 3, 10. Because mm. Sigoma said something which was correct. Even though the part partially was wrong when he said it was unsearchable. But then we, we corrected that. But she said something again where she said that, said, but God expects us. Yes. If it was unsearchable, he would not expect us. Are we together? He expects us. Let's see where he said. Go on, please. Hebrews 3, 10. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart mm -hmm. and they have not known my ways. They have not known my ways. Why would God say that these children of Israel have not known his ways? They, he revealed it and they were disobedient. So they were unprofitable. No, they're not unteachable. Okay, they, they, whatever it is at that time, the, the way he showed them did not profit them. It is exactly the same thing that was told us what? In Hebrews 4, 1 to 2. Hebrews 4, 1 to 2. Yes. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Mm -hmm. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. It did not profit them. They did not do anything with what, they, what he gave them. And that's the same thing looking at all of us here, even myself. Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? What, what he has given to me. Sometimes I felt, no. Because I could do, do more. Coming here to teach, go on missions all over the world. and whatever. So what? Is there something more I could do? Even yourself. You know, in many churches and everywhere, it's like when they say, what you can do. The whole thing goes into, okay, maybe money. That's not what I'm talking about. What can you do? Can you contribute? I was sharing with Patafi and the Pastor, Pastor uh, Charles the other time. It's, it's like, where are our people that they can be motivated to get this, what God has given to us in this place out to everybody as much as possible, even social media? 
we've been coming here. If you look at it, the message is becoming, ah, whenever I have, if I'm, if I'm not inconvenienced, I will get there. Fine. But God will move. And then you begin to look for him. You will not find him. Because, you see, if you do something with what he has given to you, the way he showed you, he may not show you everything at the same time, because if he does, you will be crazy. That's why I told that when God, if you're serving God, and God says, go into the bush, don't ask why. If you hear him correctly, go. Because if he tells you what you're going to confront in the bush, you won't go. But he is with you. Like what he told Joshua. Nobody's going to stand you, Joshua. It's not you. It's not a giant before you. There's nothing. But Joshua, be courageous only to make sure that you keep every single word that I give you. Because if you do that, I'll be with you as I was with Moses. And if I was if I'm with you, then who can be against you? So the children of Israel, he's saying there, I was angry with this generation because they didn't know my ways. And they didn't know his ways because they disobeyed what he told them to do. Then the biggest problem, which can happen to any one of us, go 11 and 12. Hebrews 4, 11 and 12. Yes. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Then go back to 9. Hebrews 4.9. There, therefore rem there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of no, God. No, not 4.9. 3.9, please. I'm sorry. I'm he sorry. Hebrews, I'm, yes. okay. Hebrews 3.9. Yes. Where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Keep going. Read the 10 and 11 and 12 to 12. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Mm -hmm. So I swore in my wrath, <laughs> they shall not they enter shall my not rest. Enter. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the living God. I swore in my route they would not enter. Can anybody tell me an example in the New Testament where it happened to somebody? Yeah, there's no, I don't want to ask you where I will ask you. I'll, I'll just give you the expo. Yes. I swore in my route. It's over. He didn't use the word as well. Is that what is confusing anybody? <laughs> Very clearly, the unprofitable servant. The unprofit. I gave you something. You didn't use it. As a matter of fact, you came back and gave me what I gave you. Then why did I give it to you? Are we, are we all together? You, you, you came back and gave me what you gave me. He said, oh, I know. I'm my master. I'm going to keep everything. When he comes back, I'll give him back what he gave me. Because exactly what he gave me, why would he be angry? And the master said, oh, 
Read Matthew 25, 24 to 30. Matthew 25, 24 to 30. Yes. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Do you know people who say this? Are those <laughs> who are spiritually content. You know, they reach like grace, for sense of security. Uh, uh, uh. Well, I know I'm there already. The Lord, the Lord will understand. After all, after all, I'm here. I'm not uh, doing any. My sins are forgiven. The Lord will understand. Go on. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Mm -hmm. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone that has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable mm. servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of there teeth. Be cast him. He didn't do anything with what I gave. What's the point? That I gave it to you in the first place. He didn't use it. That's how God is. God reveals himself so that we may bear fruit. Then he tells us in Matthew, sorry, in John 15, 1 to 2. He said, if you bear fruit, then my, my father will prune you. But why pruning him? So you can bear more what? Fruit. If I reveal to you, you don't bear any fruit, there is not going to be any pruning. Wherever there is any pruning, there is more expected. That means you are moving. Opportunity. Are we, are, we, are we all together here? So cast on profitable. We don't have time now. You can see everybody knows it. Where the other one to who actually bore fruit, they were able to be profitable that their master gave them even more. Even look at the one who has 10. He gave him that one. The other one didn't have it. But even Matthew got it the way he got it. But Luke, Luke was Luke was just talking about even what you see to even have. We'll be taking it away. <laughs> Look what? 8. Read, read uh, 15 to 18. Look 8, 15 to 18. Yes. But the ones that fell on the good ground. Yes. Are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. They do what? No, no, no. They do what? First of all, they have to keep it. That's why I say that a, a teacher cannot teach what he doesn't have, right? You have to teach, you have to keep it before you can teach it. Then you bear fruit with it. You don't even have tap root. You have not grown. You're not a big tree. You say you're going to bear fruit. It doesn't work that way. See? With a noble heart, they keep it. We have received it, Lord. Okay, now you receive it. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to tell me you're okay? Why people are perishing? 
Are you going to tell me you're going to be stagnant and stay where you are? Since my understanding is unsearchable, are you going to move or not? Do you want more from me that you may know me? Yes, Lord. Then they bear more fruit. Then he gives them more. Go on, yes. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or mm. puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter in may see the light. Go on. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, mm -hmm. nor anything hidden that will be not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Mm. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Will be taken from him. What even he seems to have will be taken away from him. That's how God is. Now, that's why I said that we may not get into the fleshly discontent discontentment. God knows why. Don't worry. But this is talking to us. All of us in this place. It's talking to me. So, spiritual discontentment makes you... You see, remember when I told you a long time ago that this chastisement is for who? For the living. There's no point giving a dead person chastisement. The chastisement is for living so that the, the living will take correction before it is too late. That's why God chastises his own children. But again, at the same time, we look at when somebody is content and so many, especially America, especially America, America has been so gotten to a point where they think they are content, they know God. And you know why? The country is fallen. They go to church, it's like, even sometimes you go there, like, oh, they look at you. Ah, this one, you may be from Africa. They don't, it's, it's like the, the Pharisees. Okay, the Pharisees, they saw Christ, they said, who is this one? Huh? The son of Joseph, we knew him. See, these people, when you talk to them, even over here, it's like the arrogance of, we should be teaching you, uh, you're not the one, I, we, we know it all. Okay? That's contentment. Contentment says one thing. And Christ told us what the first thing that contentment brings. What is it? <laughs> well, let's not get it. That's, no, that's not contentment. <laughs> when you are content, it brings lazy mind state. He told it, the servant, say, you wicked, lazy, listen. You see? Contentment spiritually means, you see, there's a reason why the Bible told us whatever you do. Give me 1 Corinthians 8, 2, please. 1 Corinthians 8, 2. Yes. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. He knows nothing yet as he ought to know because the understanding of the Lord is unsearchable. You see? And knowledge is useless without not understanding. What do you know? It's application of it. So, give me please 1 Corinthians 10, 12. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Yes. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Take heed lest he falls. Take heed lest he falls. The first thing when you are content 
That's the self-assurance. That the relationship you have with God now is sufficient enough. Yet, you don't understand him. It's scary. What I give to you, what are you doing with it? So it brings what? It brings lazy mindset. Mindset, right? Lazy mindset will lead you to overconfidence. Never you get to a point where you are overconfident. The only thing you have to be confident about is that you are doing what he says you should do. That's why he said, this is the confidence we have. That we pray according to his will. He will hear us. Not according to our own will. I have arrived. It's my will. That's my own judgment. You see, the very moment I figure I'm saying that I have arrived, I'm saying I have become the judge, God. Only God knows. Because God knows whether it's going to be over tomorrow or it's going to be over in many years. And until you reach there, then you better work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So that gives you overconfidence. Overconfidence is going to lead you to complacency. And that is what has happened in many churches now where people think, don't even talk to me. I, I, I know it all. Especially the grace thing. I know it all. That's complacency. Complacency is self-satisfaction. You know, where you, you that self-satisfaction that is actually what? That is coupled with time. Unawareness of imminent or present danger. That is danger. That's trouble. Even right there, stuck on your face. You will not even notice it because you are complacent. You think you got it. That's why the Bible says complacency will kill fools. Are we, are we, are we all together? It gets you there. Once you reach the, the level of complacency, forget about the delusion has taken over. You begin to interpret the things the way you want it. Many, many top ministers of the gospel, that's what is going on with them now. They think, in fact, they will not even, they don't want to, because they think we have, we are the, we are master everything. You can cite the scripture and waste all your time. If you don't obey it, you have not done it. You don't know it. Okay? And you can still be there. Be presenting the word of God and drawing millions, like empty drum. But nothing in it. Because there is no eternal value. A message from the pulpit that does not have eternal value or does not engender repentance is not of God. It's a feel-good thing for people to feel good. It doesn't make a difference at all. So delusion has come. And when delusion comes, it's over. The next thing is dead. Because you, you probably completely dead spiritually like uh, King Saul. You know King Saul, the, the Holy Spirit left. And he still thought he was king. Why he was king? By just merely, you know, in writing. But the Spirit of God has left. And most of us are like that. We think the Spirit of God is still there. No. The Spirit of God cannot be in you when you actually you have become weary and dead. You're not doing something with what is given to you. Therefore, you shouldn't have it. We should give it to somebody else who will use it for something. That's what is very crucial in this place. Please, I want everybody to know what I'm talking about right now. That's what content when you are content spiritually will bring to you. But discontentment pushes you. I want to know more. The more that I know you, the more I want to know. That's exactly what happened to Moses. 
After 40 years of laboring and serving God, they turn around. Read me Exodus, please. 33. 13. Exodus 33, 13. Yes. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. But do you see Moses? Moses coming down and saying, please show me your ways. I am a baby. I don't even know anything. Believe me, if I found grace in your sight, I'm not sure. I don't know. You're the one to make that determination. And as long as I don't know, and I have not gotten to you and entered your rest, your glorification, please, Lord, show me your way. Take not your, if you turn it around, the psalmist was saying, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because if you do, it's over. That's the same thing, my people. So I'm encouraging right now. And even, even Paul, Paul who told us that he has not even <laughs> gotten there. He thought he was getting there, but he didn't, hasn't gotten there. But Paul told us, please show me. Read Philippians 3.10, please. Philippians 3.10. Yes. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection mm -hmm. and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. Being conformed. The only way that eventually I may say I know him is when? When I'm conformed totally to his death. You can just remove even death and say when I'm fully conformed to his image. Because that's what God, the purpose of God for us, that you may be conformed to the image of the sun. Until that happens, you still not know where. Whatever is given to you, use it otherwise. It will be taken away of what you seem that you may have. So, this contentment spiritually is a blessing. If you feel that way, the more you know, you don't even know anything. Honestly speaking. Because a lot of times, even in this place, even in missions, we have seen it. Things that we, we thought we knew, all of a sudden, it's coming from a different angle of mystery. I'm pouring on us, say, this is the thing. I'm breaking it so that it will be clear enough for us to, so that none of you or none of us will ever one day be in his presence and say we have any single excuse. I said it here, especially when we were in Africa, when he told me, and I told everybody, that this God told me that, that I should know one thing. That I have effectively robbed myself of any defense. Any active, you know, that's something called affirmative defense. Something that is so affirmative. This is it. But even ordinary defense, I have robbed myself. Am I going to tell this God that I didn't hear him? After he delivered me from death, Death I'm talking about is sin and life full of misery and vanity. And then what is given to me, I'm not doing anything with it because I think, oh, he will understand. After all, I have, I have tried. What did you try? Do you understand why he was telling us? If you are a servant, really please look 17. 7 to 10. Look 17. 
7 to 10. Yes. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk? And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Mm -hmm. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. We are unprofitable because we did not what? Come on, help me. We done our duty. He told you there. We have done our duty. He said we are unprofitable. Why? We have not gone over and what beyond. There's a way. You see, you see, this God has told us: ask, seek, knock. Anytime you really do ask, seek, knock for my Holy Spirit, I'll give you more. I'll give you. It's that God. Even though we know that very, we talked about that. That very verse is uh, people always think that they're saying knock, knock, ask and knock and whatever you want. They say, uh, Lord, you know, uh, tomorrow uh, I would want uh, my account to register one million dollars uh, or whatever. But he goes down to verse 13 and said, God, to give you Holy Spirit. Because that's what's more important. You can gain the whole world. What are you going to do with it? It's vanity. That's when we come back maybe next week or whatever, God, God keeps us alive. We then we talk about fleshly discontentment. You can see how gross, how gross and sick it is. When somebody is laboring and grasping always for the win. You know, you know when someone's appetite is never full, always eyes full of covetousness. I want to get something. Fleshly discontentment is a contentious person. Where do you think the word content and God? Is this a contentious person? It's always contentious. Everywhere he goes, he's murmuring and complaining. He's never satisfied with what God has even given to him because his eyes are completely blind. He doesn't see the good God has given to him. As a matter of fact, do you know that fleshly discontentment is grievance. We're going to stop there. I, I wanted to borrow. No, it is, it is grievance. You are laying a grievance against God. Yes. And there is somebody who is fleshly discontented. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Before, before we leave, especially for those online. I don't want us to misunderstand one thing. There is a level of discontentment that's in everybody. Okay? But I, I'm talking about fleshly, you know, the loss of the things of this world. If I go to school, I want to improve myself. That's not what I'm talking about. I get a job to improve myself. That's not what I'm talking about. But when actually is so what? Over, overriding. If, if that overrides everything, everything is just that which you want. And you don't look you never once stop to consider your own ways or to be thankful. But you're always finding fault with everybody 
and your eyes is to get more from them to add to what you have. Even though you may have, but you want to take from the one who doesn't have and add to yourself. But God keeping us, we'll go through it. I just give God glory. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Almighty and everlasting God, where can we go and buy such word you are giving to us? It's from you. And those listening here and those listening online, Lord, Father, let them and make them to understand that it is not from a man. I don't know anything, but it's from you. You are our God, Lord. Only you can speak for yourself. And we are here just to say thank you. Thank you and to bow before you, Lord, and come before the throne of your mercy and grace and forgiveness. Thank you for the many times you have had mercy on us and forgiven us, Lord. When actually, when actually, Father who is in heaven, we do not, or we have not, even made use of what you have given to us already. You have given us a lot. You have given us a lot in this place. You have given us a lot, Lord. And it's just for us to use it. And to make others to know. By living that, Lord. We are very grateful to you. We thank you so very much. We thank you for your children. I pray, Lord, that your word will enter in their heart. And that you, Lord, might send their Holy Spirit to continue to minister unto them. You are, you are the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, come and perfect your will in our lives. May your kingdom come within us that we may live for you and do that which is right before you, Lord. Holy One who is in heaven, continue to touch your remnant all over the world. Let them come back to you. No, that is everything is temporal. Everything on this world, deception, lies, feel good, prosperity preaching. They are going to all fall before you. And Lord, we pray that you have preeminence and be glorified forever. We give you all honor and say, Blessed be your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen.